This video is sponsored by Jerry's Artorama. Jerry's Artorama Online has been serving artists for over 50 years, providing only the best quality art supplies. Jerry's Artorama has premier lines that sell all over the world and are used by millions of artists and professionals worldwide for amazing results. In addition to over 65,000 fine art supplies, choose from over 4,000 free art lessons, oil painting, drawing, acrylics, watercolors, mixed media, and the largest selection of new supplies professionally evaluated and created by artists for artists. Jerry's Artorama has been empowering artists since 1968. We provide reliability, better art supplies, great prices, and exceptional service. The quality of your art matters to us. Hi everyone, today we are doing a stream on the art world and ageism. If you are looking to strengthen and flex your art muscle, Art Prof is the community for you. We have tutorials, critiques, and more, and it's all for free. Um, so Clara, I know you found some articles that you wanted to jump in with. Do you wanna get us started <laughs> on these articles? Well, I would say you could probably copy paste a bunch of these headlines because they're all about 92 year old female artists getting their first museum retrospective or people who found fame later in life. Look at this. She also found late in life fame as a painter and Francois Guillot, who has been declared by the New York Times as the eight girl at the age of a hundred. What's going on here, Lauren? <laughs> we could copy paste these. <laughs> yeah, well, in, I, I, I can't, Fr Francois, Francoise, because there is an E after the S there and that's French. You guys can correct me in the chat. I know I messed this up last time, but she is an artist that I learned about, not even in art school, my partner Sam sent me pictures of her work one day and was like, how do you not know about her? Did you even know she existed? I was like, no. And then when I Googled her, the first thing that comes up is not even her artwork, but the fact that she was Picasso's partner wife for a while. And then there was a book about her and that relationship that was very spicy. And that seems totally unfair because her she's been making paintings forever. She is a very mature and cohesive body of work. She's very much in line with the other artists working at the time who are the oeuvre in the in the the cubist that that realm of work. So seems and she's still alive making artwork. So I, I wish that this side of her was portrayed more. It's a real bummer. And I think what I've seen a lot is that you either have to be between the ages of 20 and 30 if you're female to be on the hot scene, or you gotta wait till you're a hundred. Deep D, have you seen that with middle-aged women that they just disappear for one reason or another? Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking at all these articles you had put up for us and I was like, it almost seems like 
it, people are trying to weed us out <laughs> as artists. And then if you persist and you're, you hit your eighties, it's almost like you get a retrospective as like a cookie. It's like an award that you get for just <laughs> persisting. Um, because like, it is true. Like there's so many articles like this and so many copy pasty kind of like you Google an artist. And the first thing that comes up is like, look at how old they are. Um, but then it's also true. There's like a, the other end of things where there is like a the 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 younger side of stuff where there's like you know the whole Forbes thirty under thirty. But that's a whole nother bracket of ageism too. It's like you're either a genius or you're so green you have no experience and nobody wants to look at you. <laughs> ageism is a problem for every age. There there's variations on a theme. I mean, when I was out of art school, I was 22. I cannot tell you how many times people would literally say to me, you're so young. I'm like, yeah, what do you want me to do about it? I mean, I don't know. Did people give you crap about being so young, Lauren, when you were just out of school? I think I'm sure I'm sure I've gotten some of that, some belittling stuff like more in the sense of assuming I'm inexperienced at something because I am young or using that as an excuse. For instance, I have been in teaching roles since pretty early on in my life, 15 or 16. And sometimes I still find it hard to get positions or get written off because I'm, I'm young. So, so yeah, yeah, I do. Thank you, Arielle, for the super sticker. We greatly appreciate your support. Keep those super stickers coming, everybody, because they do add up over time and they really matter for us. Deep Deep, I think something changed when I hit 30. <laughs> All of a sudden, people were like, oh, you do know what you're talking about. It's kind of awesome when you hit 30, because for some reason, 30 to 35 is a sweet spot. You're old enough that people finally think that you've got a brain, but you're also young enough that people can't make you invisible. Why is 20 to 35 the sweet spot for so many people? I I have no clue. I mean, it, it's it's hard also because... I feel like with my generation, I'm friends with a lot of artists who started their careers at so many different ages. Also being in my 20s, you know, I have friends who are in their 40s. I have friends who are 16. Like, um, it's it's hard. And you see, like, I have friends who were on the Forbes 30 under 30 list, but they started their careers using Photoshop and stuff at like 12. Um, but then there are people who are really accomplished in their 40s who started at in their late 30s. And so... I really think it's this perception that people have that that's the right age. So that's what I should pay attention to. But there's really not too much to base that off of. Perhaps it's based a little bit on like they're fresh out of college. They have whatever new perspective is going on in their brain. We should listen to them. But in reality, it's really based on not a lot of logical information. <laughs> Seven Angelic says, do you feel that ageism is skewed a bit to the female gender? I don't really see this as much in male artists, or is that me? It's not you. Most of these male artists are big when they're 20, and then they're big when they're 100. <laughs> it just keeps going. But you don't see articles like this about men. 
it just doesn't happen. What do you think, Lauren? I think that it is important to remember that this is an intersectional issue. And so, yes, we're talking about women here a lot of the time, but we're also talking about this, this also affects more prominently people of color or people with disabilities or anything like that. So there are so many different situations and places on the list where, where ageism, both skewing older and skewing younger, can affect you in, in different, maybe more intense or less intense ways. Anna saying, what about artists like Catherine Bradford and Kyle Staver who made it in their 50s, 60s? I find them way more inspiring than the young, how do you say that? Ingenues? Ingenues. Oh, I like that. <laughs> well, I wish people who hit their stride in terms of being known and visible later in life, I wish they had more visibility because so often all of the articles are about there's a new superstar in town and their name is this person and they're 22 and fresh out of MFA, Columbia program. I'm just so tired of that. And I wish we could hear about people who slogged through decades of crap. We've seen that actually in Hollywood. Deepthi, you and I were talking about Brian Cranston, who had decades of terrible roles and commercials and then hit it big and breaking bad. And we just need more visibility for people like that in the art world. What do you think, Deepthi? Yeah, it's true. I think, um, you know, I'm an actor too. So my perspective, there's a big perspective there that I have. And I think speaking of it, like for women too, I think that a lot of times they work, 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 like Anne Dowd is a great example, and then get their big break when they're like 45 or 50. Um, and I think that like ageism, one of the biggest reasons it needs to be talked about is because it's one of the main things I feel like hold people back from going after their dreams or thinking that things are attainable. And it's because you mostly hear about these amazing 20 year olds who are who are making it you know and it makes you feel like you've that ship has sailed for you and i'll say some of my best friends are on that forbes 30 under 30 list and they're amazing and and i think they're so talented and it's not to negate any of their talent it's just saying that like that's not the only ship that there is you shouldn't feel like because you weren't on that list you don't have a chance well, Lisa makes a good point. People just love the young, hot, new thing. We like being wowed. But it's such a bummer because when artists are older, they gain more experience and the depth of their work only increases. And I'm not, again, like Deepthi is saying, you can't make brilliant work when you're younger. Egon Sheila died when he was 28 and he made all that work. That's incredible. But it's just, there's so much more beyond 23-year-olds. I don't know, Lauren, you're, I guess, in your 30s now. You've entered a new decade recently. Nah. Are you starting to feel, or maybe you've always been frustrated seeing this person skyrocket out of MFA Yale into Chelsea? I, it... Yes and no, maybe. I think that I feel like deeply where I'm proud of my friends when they do well. 
but also the people that I'm close with, there are so many different types of success and so many different places that we're at. Some person sells a lot, but maybe doesn't have a lot of academic gigs or some person is doing really well with their films and gets viral videos, but doesn't show in the gallery scene, stuff like this. So it's, it's easier when there's a holistic person or there's a holistic view of, of who someone is and that, that success thing kind of falls apart. We have a comment from Pat. Do you think this is more of a fine arts issue? Does ageism operate differently for illustrators? Probably, but illustration functions very differently in that there's no gallery openings that you have to go to. And I feel like in general, illustrators are not really known for their persona. Some are, I'm not saying that in general, but there is this gallery scene that you have to be a part of. And Deepi, I feel like that's a big part of it. You live in New York. I mean, you must know a little bit about the scene and how being out and about is part of the gig. Yeah, I think especially with fine art, a lot of you is, you know, it's your body of work. It's not like you're working for a client. I think a lot of times with illustrators and designers, you're working with a client and working on a unified vision. Whereas a lot of times for fine artists, it's it's truly your, you know, singular vision. Um, and so I think there's a lot of you in it. And so you as a person become a lot more attached to that uh, product and therefore you know, there's that bias. Lauren, I know you're kind of in the fine arts world. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the person definitely comes with the artwork in the, at least the painting world. I also assume anything in the white cube space. Yes, the person is marketed in the, in some of the film stuff or thinking about architecture actually is, is a good counterexample to this. I've talked with architects who say that that you come of age much later in in say your 40s or 50s than you do in the in the fine art world. So there there is a variability of of tracks and certainly what we're talking about where we're we're talking about either getting your retrospective really late or getting seen really early is is maybe tilted specifically towards the that fine art sphere, I guess. The other thing that I see very often, you'll see these gallery exhibitions with titles like young British artists, fresh young talent. They have so many ways of telling us that the artists in the show are really young. And it's frustrating because why do we care if they're young or old? I just wanna see some good artwork. And yet somehow people have decided that that is attractive to be told this is fresh young talent. You have any theories deeply on why that is such a draw for a lot of people? I think there is some kind of fascination with like a, like a genius, you know, I've seen so many of those viral videos of like the five-year-old painter who paints these amazing, you know, like I think that there's some, um, 
kind of wow and the shiny new young thing. It's almost like this is our future. Like, look, this person is going to lead the way. Um, but again, I feel like that stuff can sometimes dishearten people who are getting into things older. Like I think about accessibility also, like so much of art is now digital and is using new technologies. And uh, you might see someone who's like 22 and a master of Photoshop, but they've had access to Photoshop for like so many years in like fundamental times of their life. And you might be in your 50s and only having Photoshop access later in life. And you're just not geared towards working like that. Like everyone is entering the art world in different ways and at different times. And so you have to put that into perspective too. Autumn's Art Studio says, I feel that a lot of famous artists become famous when they are dead. It's very disheartening looking at it that way. I suspect that's not as common as we may think. I think the Vincent Van Gogh, the whole never selling a painting ever and selling now for millions at auction, I think that that's more of an exception. What I have seen is that artists get trendy who were around forever and ever. Like Egon Chila, he, he actually was not that big a deal a long time ago. And then all of a sudden he was hot stuff with the art historians. Like what happened, Lauren? <laughs> yeah, that is a huge thing. I think where we are in time right now is really warps what we think of about artists who are famous now versus artists that were famous during that time. I think it depends who the historians are and what they're looking at. That is what decides who we look at now. I remember taking a class where we looked at artists who were famous at the time of their making art while they were still alive. And they were people I never even heard of at all. They were just really popular while they were alive and then nobody decided to write about them afterwards or their work dissolved. And so there's nothing to talk about. So you have to take, <laughs> you have to take history into account. <laughs> oh dear. Here's a comment from Rook No Art. Everyone has waves of inspiration at all ages. I'm surprised people would want art from less lived people. Well, I don't think that because you're older, you're better at things. I think a lot of things change. And I like this comment from Trent, who says, I'm in my early 40s. So far, it is my favorite decade, minus the whole global pandemic thing. I agree, Trent. Oh. Turning 40 is awesome. You know why? Because you're just so tired of all the crap. And you really, truly do not care what people think about you. See, in your 20s, you say you don't care, but you totally do. <laughs> So I love being older. Yeah, Clara, I'd love to hear more about your experience because some people brought up in the chat, why aren't we talking about middle age? Where's where's the Malcolm in the middle that was up there? So <laughs> can, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I'm not there yet and some people here are. I think one of the things that I hear a lot of younger people say I hear the phrase give up. Well, I don't want to give up on my dreams. And I don't think that's a good word because I don't think it's so much that you give up on your dreams. Rather, you start to look at other options because I had a very narrow-minded view of what I was supposed to be because of academia. Like, Deep D, what's a quintessential successful art professor in college? How do you define that? What do you have to do to do that? 
to be a pro well when i was a student if they had like a show in switzerland or something like that i was like wow you know i get to learn from this person <laughs> you should be in a museum collection you need to win some grants you do some residencies you write a paper that three people read and is gathering dust you go to obscure conferences and speak to the same 10 people every year you do those things and so for me i i didn't i wasn't even tenure track okay like i hear these people who are like i didn't get i'm like i was never even on the track okay <laughs> like i was forever adjunct and i realized you know my ship has sailed i'm done and what was i gonna do just quit art altogether no i said hey there's this other world i'm gonna go try it everybody thought i was nuts but i'm so much happier because i redefined what i could be and to this day this is my favorite most important work i've ever done and lauren i don't see it as giving up how would you describe it how would i describe the yeah, 40s or giving up oh. well because my lifelong dream was be a tenured professor at a university college, okay? I wanted that so bad and I worked so hard and to have to say goodbye to that, it hurts. It's not easy. I, I yeah, I, I can think maybe comparatively in my life, something that's a little different. When I was very young and this is also age related, I really wanted to swim for the, the US team and I would make the age groups and I would do all the things and I would practice five hours a day and I would eat the foods and do the cross training. And it got to a point where I was 16 or 17 and that there was first other stuff in my life. There was art in my life. There was a whole world outside of that and also i there's a certain amount of of dedication to that and also talent to, to swimming that just wasn't translating over to to that it, it wasn't rewarding anymore so i just turned my focus to those other options and just put all that energy into art making instead and i feel like that's going pretty well so it was the right choice and i don't have regrets about that so in that way i can understand it's there's no giving up in that. It's just retracking. I think it's fine to have dreams. You should. But there's also reality that hits you at a certain point. And I really did feel like a failure for a long time because I let RISD define me. And I didn't have anything else going on in my life. And so I would just say, if I would give anybody any advice, it would be don't put all your eggs in one basket because I let academia define me for so long that when I wasn't doing well in academia, the assumption was that, oh, it's your fault because you're not good enough. And if you were good enough, you would have a full-time tenure track position by now. So it's hard to work yourself out of that pit. And it took me a while, but I'm happy I did. Patricia says, just started painting under two years ago and I'm 67. I take heart from Grandma Moses who started painting in her late 70s. Well, this is so common. People who have another career, they maybe had a family, did that for many decades. They retire, finally they have time to maybe come back to the artwork. And Deepti, I think that's amazing. And a lot of older people I think are sometimes 
self-conscious because they feel, oh, this 18-year-old draws better than I can. What hope do I have? But I disagree with that. Oh, I totally disagree with that. Also, so much, so many people in our community are like all different ages, but we interact with them online. And it's kind of nice to interact sometimes with that. You know, you, you don't know how old someone is. You're just looking at their art for what it is and what they have to tell you about it. And I think that's amazing. Like you're bringing all of your lived experiences. You never know what someone has gone through, what might put a pause on a dream of theirs um, for whatever reason. And I think just picking up that paintbrush again, you know, whatever your paintbrush is, is so inspirational and so cool. And it really, I think at any age, you can still achieve that dream of yours um, or find find a way to make it something that excites you again. And really this concept of feeling behind. So Lauren, let's say you're 60, you just started painting in the past year, and you're seeing these videos of these 17-year-olds who are doing crazy, technically difficult things. What do you do with that? What I like to think in that regard and what I comment on in the YouTube comments for people that make those kinds of comments of, oh, this person's 17 and they know how to make beautiful things. I always first say, Technical skill is only one aspect of being an artist. It's only one skill out of very many skills. And also every moment of your life, every day of your life is, is you're, you're working towards becoming an artist just by living because ultimately the stuff you're going to pull from is from your own experiences. So if you're 65 and just picking up a pencil or the clay or whatever else that you work with, you have so much stored in you and experience already that you can add and contribute to the world. I'm working with several people in our new premium tracks and there's somebody in the track who finally has time now in retirement to make their work. They didn't have the opportunity before. And one thing that they said to me that I just loved, they said, well, I'm older, yes, but I'm very aware of the time I have left and how I want to use it. And in some ways, that makes it easier for me to learn. Because deep, deep, I think about how I used my time when I was 18 in art school. Oh, man, talk about not working smart. I spent so much time just doing dumb stuff. I'm way more efficient now with my time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I feel that all the time, just you just learn how your brain functions and you just learn like what you need to do and, and what inspires you and what uh, you like cut out all the, all the, you know, the stuff that doesn't matter. Um, and you really start focusing on what you love as you, as you get older. I mean, I'm still in my twenties. I'm like, you know, the, the young ones <laughs> on this panel. So I don't know. I'm like talking about it. But I'm like, maybe I'll keep learning. <laughs> Who knows? But I still feel like compared to when I was in art school and now, there, you know, you do kind of start figuring yourself out and figuring out what you love. And it, even at, at it being in my twenties, it's the range is, it, it kind of starts putting into perspective, like the range of what you can be at my age is so wide, you know, and I think that's true for any age. 
Um, I can only talk about my perspective, but I know people who are in their mid twenties and are just starting out, just even having the thought people who are on these lists and giving talks in Dubai and all of this stuff, you know, and then, and then I'm somewhere, you know, and I'm, I don't know. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to remember that it's your personal journey and nobody else's and just focus on that. That creative girl oh. says someone <laughs> else's journey is not yours. People have to be patient and continue to push through. I had a professor at RISD who said to me, because I was really frustrated and he was trying to get me to perk up. He said, Clara, there were some years I made my artwork and nothing happened. And I'm like, okay, I feel better <laughs> because we do want those moments of validation. We want the milestones. And I'm like, okay, dude, you want a Guggenheim? That's good enough for me. <laughs> it's, it's fine. And, and he was also somebody was not hot stuff at 21, but is held in such high regard in his field. And so I don't know that these meteoric rises, I feel like that's like saying you want to be Brad Pitt more. And isn't that sort of the exception? I think that one of the most valuable pieces of advice I've gotten on this came from someone at the Vermont Studio Center, which is really great, by the way, for a residency because they take equal groups of people of all ages there. So you have your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all together in one space. And someone who was older there told me that she kept painting her thing. She painted her thing when she was 20 and she painted the same thing when she was 30 and kept going. And some years that would be the really popular thing. And then that would be out of style, but she's lived long enough that it's back in style again. So <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer says, I've taken voice acting classes. They tell you all of your life experiences in previous jobs can only benefit you. I feel like it's the same with art. Well, Deep, do you take voice acting classes and you're an artist? Have you found that to be the case? Absolutely. I mean, I think what as an actor, as a visual artist, as a teacher, what I've I've found with my many, many careers that I have is that the one thing that's true in, in any kind of art form is that the thing that will make you feel fulfilled and the thing that will set you apart and the thing that will draw people to you is your unique perspective and your your life experience. And you cannot want to you know, copy someone else or, or live on someone else's trajectory. It's your life experiences. And I see this a lot as a teacher, especially with animation. Sometimes people come into my animation classes and they want to make something that looks exactly like a Ghibli film, but it ha it lacks any kind of, you know, personality or, or texture that has something to do with them. And then someone will come in and make something that is maybe not the most technically advanced, but the story or just the passion that they have in that, it's everyone is obsessed. You know, you're like, you're like, we need a whole series on this. Cartoon Network needs to pick this, you know, like, and so you can feel that. And it's 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 because it's so specific to them. Only they could have made it, you know? And that's what we respond to. And that's what makes them happy too. They always love it because they're like, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> Jane says, I'm younger, but I think I've talked myself out of trying for an art career. Just want to have fun too and enjoy the process. Try different things. We've been talking quite a bit about, ooh, you're in this gallery. Oh, you're tenure. But there's something really valid about being an artist and saying, screw all that stuff. I just want to have fun. <laughs> right, Lori? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I say yes and agree with you also knowing that I'm totally pressured by that professional scene out there in the gallery world. So take everything I say with a little grain of salt, but it's important to keep playing. It really is. That's what's going to keep you alive in the end. And I know I need to do more of that. I went to a printmaking conference when I was a graduate student. It's the Southern Graphics Council for Printmaking. It's the printmaking conference. And Faith Ringgold was one of the guest speakers. And one of the things that she said to the lecture hall was, you have to outlast everybody. It sounds like really boring advice, but you have to stick around. And, and actually, if you just stick around, <laughs> as we can see from these women who are getting retrospectives when they're 100, Sometimes I think, Dee Dee, that's the hardest thing is just get up every day, make the stuff, nothing happens, still keep doing it. That resilience, you build it over time because I used to not have that. I used to be, I need this, I need that. And now I'm like, I just want to do it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, we're all in, I can, I can say 99.9% .9 of the time, people are artists because they want to be. Nobody has forced you to go to art school. Who knows? I, I've never met someone who is like that, but you're there because there is a passion and a fire burning inside of you. And um, yeah, so, so I feel like anytime you're in doubt, you just have to go back to that passion and feel it. Um, but yeah, it is a long run. You know, it's not like other careers where you can go and get a degree and you know, you're going to have a job in this thing and bada bing bada boom it's it's different for everybody and a lot of it is a, a kind of stamina <laughs> that you have to have this is great to hear from ty who says as a 17 year old i think when i'm older as an artist i'll have more life experience to be inspired by than i nav now to create art that is true i remember when i was in art school i was doing all these projects and honestly, half the time, my problem was I just didn't know what I wanted to paint. <laughs> I was just, I, I don't know, I guess I'll paint this. I, I didn't have anything that compelling. And now I have ideas just flowing out of my head all the time. It's never a problem. The problem now is, oh my gosh, what do I pick? Did you have that experience too, Lauren? Being younger, just not really having a lot you felt you had to say? Yeah, I did, actually. I think... All of my early work was fan art of Tom York and David Bowie, and <laughs> that was what I was into. And I didn't really have the words or images or understanding for some of the situations I was going through. And the kinds of images when you're young, they it's like everybody's got the same art virus. You see the straight on portrait and the very intense expressions, and you see the pictures of hands, and you see a, a painting of a tiger. And it's really okay to start with these. I understand. I really understand. It takes a long time to build up both a body of work and a body of ideas. Anna says, you have to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. I also did Vermont Studio Center. Well, thank you so much, Anna, and also to R.B. Dick for these super stickers. You have Thanks, no guys. idea how important these are to us, everybody. Thank you so much for your participation. And Ariel says... Faith Bringold is right, not just in career, but everything. I refuse to give up. If you live and love your life, you win. That's something I realized too, because 
I complain to my husband a lot. I'm like, I want this. How come I haven't gotten that yet? And I want that thing. And he's like, yeah, but what are you going to do when you get that thing? I'm like, I'll be happy and fulfilled. He's like, no, you won't. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God. To the next <laughs> oh, this is so this is such a real thing, actually. And I've seen this come up in the comments too, you guys with people saying, oh, but I, I still really want this thing. And I, I guess if it's any helper or, or solace at all, I have that same experience where I'll really want a thing. And once I get the thing, I, I, I think it's going to make everything better. I think I'm going to have a great life and feel fulfilled. It's literally as soon as I get the email being accepted to something or getting a show, then I immediately, I'm, I'm happy for two seconds. And then I'm just the same sad person again. It's a state of mind. I wish I could fix it. I wish it was actually the case. Deep D, what is it like when you hit a milestone and go, yes? I mean, sometimes it's not as great as you think. Yeah, and I mean, you could have everything that today you think that you want. And once you get there, you're going to have a whole nother list of things that you want <laughs> that will just never end like I remember getting into my college of my dreams and thinking that at that point my dream <laughs> will get a break <laughs> and then you get there and you meet all these people and you're like oh my goodness and then you graduate and you get a job that you're happy with and then you move to New York <laughs> City and it's like a whole you know like it never ever ends then suddenly I want to be an actor and I've you know now punished myself with that you know task too it never ends so Milestones are amazing. For me, goals help me feel like at least I'm achieving something, progressing. Yes, it's great, but know that like you it's it, that's the thing. You can't compare yourself to others because once you achieve what they've achieved, you'll still have someone else you're comparing yourself to. I, I do want to say on the flip side of that too, though, there is a silver lining and all this bad feeling about our milestones. And that is if you don't get that big milestone that you want, I think eventually you can also still find happiness. Like in my experience, both having a drop out of RISD for undergrad and then not getting into Yale for grad school, I thought I was going to die. I was so upset. I thought my life was over. Nothing mattered. But now I am here where I am right now, and I, I feel like everything is fine. I don't miss those opportunities or that I didn't get in at all. I, I have no regrets. Well, and I think about that all the time. What if I had become a tenured professor out of college? I would be working with probably 40 students a semester, I would see them for 12 weeks. They'd move on. I'd start another semester. I'd do grades. That would be my life. But that's not my life. Now I have all of you. <laughs> this is so much better. No grading, no attendance. And I've met people from all over the world helping people who usually would not be able to attend art school. And I didn't anticipate that. That was not on my checklist. <laughs> like it just showed up. And I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So you really never know about all of these things. 
This Google slideshow is available. The link is in the YouTube video description below. And we do have a page on our main site where you can access all of the slideshows in our videos. Please join Deepti and Lauren. They will be in the ArtProf Discord right after the stream in the post live streams channel. The invite link is in the YouTube video description below. And you have to join, okay? If you're not in the Discord, you are missing out. People comment and they're like, I had no idea how awesome it was. Like, yes, you should come hang out with us. There are many ways you can support ArtProf. You can make a one-time donation via PayPal. You can buy original artwork, which were made many on our live streams and become a top Patreon supporter because guess what? Cole Johns and Lacey Jane Wolf are our latest new supporters. Thank you so much for joining this group. You get exclusive access to different areas in the Patreon, access to voice channels, and I'm happy to report we're actually going up. <laughs> this is kind of amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. We keep going down. We're actually going up, but we need to go more than a little up, <laughs> more than $17. $17. Our prop stock, it's rising. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I'd like it to go up just a little more. ArtProf has a podcast is available on Spotify and also on iTunes and subscribe to our channel for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.